Well, hey, good morning, everybody. You guys doing, doing good? Uh, how many of you cannot believe that we're already like at the end of June? Like what, what happened? What happened to the year? What's going on? Uh, our daughter has, uh, our oldest daughter has already been out of uh, school for almost a month. And, uh, you know, we're already ready for her to go back to, to school. What's that? More than a, more than a month. Uh, and, uh, and things like that. I cannot believe it's June. I feel like time is just like, you know, rolling on and things like that. I've been doing a sermon series uh, uh, called uh, Where It All Began, and the idea behind the sermon series is that I, I always love to go back and learn why we do things, right? Why do we gather on Sunday morning for church? Where, where did that come from? Where did that, where did that start? How did we get here uh, that we have this thing called Christianity? Where did Christianity come from? And that's kind of, uh, if you want to go back and listen to some of the where it all began sermon series. Basically, I went back to the book of Acts and started in from Acts 1 and been kind of moving through Acts. And I haven't been doing it a verse by verse, but more story by story of watching the, the early church start and the power of the Holy Spirit that moved them and guide them because it wasn't something that man did on his own. Because to be honest with you, what would happen around that time is many different religions would pop up, right? Many different, you know, uh, just people would come, and they want to start a religion. Well, uh, you know, they would, a lot of the times it would immediately get squashed. It would immediately get, you know, just uh, annihilated and, and dispersed and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, in fact, there's many religions you probably have never even heard of because they don't exist anymore. But there was this thing that got birthed um, through, you know, Jesus Christ walking this earth called Christianity. And all, all Christian means is a, a follower of Jesus Christ, you know, a disciple of Jesus Christ. They were also known as the way back then. They weren't known as Christians uh, in the early church. They were known as the way. But, you know, how did we get here? Why do, why do we come together on a Sunday and, and listen to a, a guy talk, you know? Uh, why do we sing songs? And, you know, why, why do we do that? And it all got birthed from, uh, you know, when Jesus, after his death, after his uh, resurrection from the grave, and then after his ascension, he basically said, hey, li listen, you guys, and I'm paraphrasing. He said, listen, you guys, I'm leaving. I'm going. That's why you guys don't see Jesus. If you ever wondered why you don't see Jesus, I don't really see him, you know, either in the, in, with my physical eyes. But it's because he said, I go and I will sit at the right hand of the Father. But he said, but do not worry. I will leave my spirit with you, which is the Holy Spirit, the helper, the advocate, right? And we talked about that. We talked about the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does for us. And I said, it's like, you know, I always grew up and I always wanted to be a superhero. I was really into comic books. It was one of my favorite things. Batman was my, oh, it's just funny about Batman. He didn't really have superpowers. Um, but Batman was one of my favorite superheroes growing up, but I was a big, you know, kind of more DC Comics fan, and now I'm a big Marvel fan with all the Marvel movies, but I believe, and, I, and every single one of us has this, man, I would like to be a little bit more than, than what I am, right? Right? It, you know, maybe if you're a shy person, man, I wish I just had, you know, I wish I was way more, extra, you know, extroverted, or, you know, for even me, you know, man, I, I wish that there, there's things that people can do that I can't, that I'm just, you know, like, I would never be able to be an astronaut. I would never be able to be an astronaut. It blows me away that there are men and women who have this, these brains to travel up to space and do these amazing things. I would not make it. 
right? I would not make it. That's why I didn't join like the military and all that stuff because I would have been booted out immediately. Yeah, Matthew, please, no, this isn't for you. Why don't you just come over here and, you know. So I realize that there's limitations that we all have. There's things that we, you know, we can't do. But Jesus said, listen, do not worry because I send you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit then, where, where we stop, the Holy Spirit comes in and he kind of takes us into this place that we call the, the supernatural, that we're able to do things. And we saw the, the early disciples and the early apostles do things that, that were incredible, do things that only Jesus had done before them and maybe even the prophets before them, but they were doing these amazing things. They were, they were laying hands on sick people. They were, they were, you know, even they were raising the dead. Even they were casting out demons, and it was amazing. And, you know, it was just this, this new kind of fresh wave, and, and Christianity just exploded. So we're, we're, we're following along, and we, we, uh, one of the stories we hit upon was this guy named Saul. And Saul was a Jew who hated the Christians. He believed in the, you know, the, the law, which was the Jewish law, and he was such a fanatic about it that anything like this, any, any religion that was trying to break off from Judaism, it, Paul was gonna, or Saul was going to take care of it. He was going to squash it. And literally, he was trying to kill Christians. And then something happens to him. He's, he's on the road. He's on this road. And Jesus himself appears to Saul. And he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? In fact, in, in a later account through uh, Saul himself, he says, why are you uh, fighting against my will? Why are you kicking against the goads? And I even talked about that, how we do that sometimes. That sometimes Jesus, God is trying to direct us and we fight against it because we don't like it. It's, it's uncomfortable. It, it's, it messes with our mind. It messes with our thinking because it's taking us on a journey that, that is foreign to us. But Jesus says, why are you fighting against me? And in that moment, uh, Saul repents because he, he literally experiences the presence of God and he's physically blinded. And eventually he gets healed of that, and Saul becomes Paul. And Paul is the one who writes all of these beautiful letters uh, that we now almost make up most of the New Testament. So I wanted to end, this is going to be our last story in the book of Acts, and we're actually going to end, in fact, the book of Acts kind of ends with Paul uh, and, and about his journey, uh, because he's kind of really this, this force for Christianity, even though there's lots of, of things going on, you know, he's the one kind of writing all these letters, and he's the kind of the one going around all these, uh, all these cities, and, and Paul really is the one who takes the idea of Christianity and says, this thing isn't just for Jews, it's for everyone, and this was blowing people's minds, that God didn't just come for this, this little group called the Jews, that God had actually come, and by the way, this is how it's always been, God came for everyone. God wants to have a relationship with every single one of you. And there was, you know, the Jews felt like, well, God was just for us. And so that you had to become a Jew if you wanted to experience that. But really, if you were outside of that, then sorry, you know. But that, that isn't God's heart. God's heart is that every single one of you would have a relationship with him. That every single one of you would experience the fullness of who he is and the fullness of his love. But I wanted to kind of hit this, this one particular topic because 
Paul himself, Saul, so Saul, uh, uh, because of his conversion, he's now called Paul. And, and uh, in uh, Romans, which, he, which Paul wrote in the book of Romans, Romans 8.28, he says this. And we know that in all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, I'm going to be very honest with you. This is one of those scriptures that I kind of go, what? All things work, you know, for good. That sounds like a very Christianese thing to say when somebody walks up to you and says, hey, how you doing? Oh, uh, my life is terrible right now, to be honest with you. And the Christianese answer would be, hey, all things work together for good, brother. All things work together for good. Don't you, wouldn't you want to punch somebody in the face? That would answer. If you would come and say, hey, I'm having a terrible day. Uh, my life sucks. This is happening. That's happening. Blah, blah, blah. And if they were to give you this answer, you have my permission to punch them in the face. Come on. Now, now hold on. I'm not talking about the scripture itself. I'm talking about the heart behind it before everyone starts punching me in the face for quoting scripture. But, it, but I mean more of that kind of, you know, blow off like, you know, well, you're just going to have to figure it out on your own, you know, kind of attitude like suck it up, buttercup. You know what I mean? You're a Christian, you know, sorry, you know, but there's this attitude. But the, I want to talk about, though, the truth. I want to go deeper and I want to talk about the truth behind what Paul is saying. And if anything, there, if there was a person who could talk about, you know, everything working together for good, it was him. So. I want to catch you up because I'm actually going to jump right almost to the end of, of the book here in, in Acts 28, but I want to catch you up of what's happening with Paul, okay? So Paul becomes uh, an apostle of Jesus, and he's going around and he's starting churches, and he's primarily going uh, uh, to places that are where the, all the, the Gentile, you know, these Gentile cities. He's really not going after Jews. He's really going after non-Jews and telling them that Jesus Christ is for them. So he was in, you know, everyone from Rome and, you know, what we would now know as, like, Greece and all, the, all that kind of stuff. But basically, his life only gets worse from here on out. His life only becomes on the outward appearance, like, oh, man, I would not want to have signed up for this. So this is what happens to him. So catching up with Paul. So first of all, he's falsely accused. He's beaten by a mob. He's arrested, and then when he's arrested, he's whipped and beaten. Then there's a plot, not by the the Romans, but by his own people. There's a plot to kill him. Then he stands trial. He's actually being, he's bounced around, and he actually waits for two years in custody while he's waiting for another trial because there was a, a shift in command. He's then sent to Rome on a ship. Then there's a storm that hits, and then he's shipwrecked. Who wants to sign up for that? Anybody? Anybody? This is what Paul signed up for when he gave his life to Christ. Does that sound pretty, right? In fact, you know, I've said this many times before, but it's something that I kind of need to get into my own head. I used to have this false idea that the moment I became a Christian, that all of a sudden my life would become perfect, that I would just float around on a cloud, that I would have this angelic glow you know, to me, you know, and it's far from the truth. Just because I've accepted Jesus Christ into my life, even though I am saved, I'm still me. Messed up, screwed up, you know what I mean? Say stupid things, do stupid stuff, you know, think thoughts, all these things. I'm still kind of me. 
but I'm just, I guess, saved. Wow, God, you know, it's pretty amazing. You know, I really got the better end of the deal here, Lord. But what Paul signs up for, you know, in basically this life, but I, I want to talk about and going back to that verse that Paul knew something. He knew that God was going to take whatever his circumstance was and that God was going to work it out for his glory. And that's, that's basically the essence of, of what I'm sharing with you today. Whatever it is that you are going through right now, whatever uh, stage of life that you're in, whatever season of life that you are in, I'm going to tell you this, and I, I want you to know this comes from my heart. This isn't a Christianese blow-off that really, that God can take everything and he can use it not only for his glory, but for your good. He can use it for good. He can take any situation and he can turn it around. We see it constantly in the Bible that even though something may look broken, even though something may look, you know, like, man, this is it. This is the end of the road. There's a wall here. There's no way around it that God can go beyond that. And so whatever it is that you are going through in your life right now, know that God can make it and turn it around for good. So let's go to Acts 28. Here's the story. And and here's kind of where... It's pretty amazing that all this kind of had to happen, and yet Paul was still used. So Paul, uh, Acts uh, chapter 28, starting in verse 1. And I'm just going to read a very, very quick story about what happens with Paul. So they uh, just shipwrecked, okay? Just shipwrecked, right? He's on the boat. We kind of caught up with him. He's, he's on a boat. He's just shipwrecked. said, once we were safe, starting in verse 1, once we were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. The people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake driven out by the heat bit him on the hand. Boy, this guy cannot catch a break, right? This guy cannot. I mean, at what point do you finally say, I am out, I am done. And by the way, it would have been way before getting on the ship and all that stuff. I would have checked out, you know, when the mob got crazy. I'd be like, I am out. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks, he was, uh, he was laying them on the fire, poisoned a snake driven uh, out by the heat, bit him on the hand. The people of the island saw it hanging uh, from his hand and said to each other, a murderer, no doubt. Boy, man, God, poor guy. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. But Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. The people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided he was a god. Verse 7. Near the shore, near the shore uh, where uh, we landed was an estate belonging to uh, Publius, Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days. As it happened, Publius's father was ill with fever and dysentery. Paul went in and prayed for him, and laying his hands on him, he healed him. Then all the other sick people on the island came and were healed. As a result, we were showered with honors, and when the time came to sail, people supplied us with everything we would need for the trip. Okay, so here's what's happening. This guy who's just gone through, I can say it because I'm going to say a word, okay? It might be a little bit of, of a curse word, but it's in the Bible, okay? This guy went through hell and back, right? It's in the Bible, hell, right? 
This guy basically has gone through, you know, just everything you can throw at a guy to discourage somebody, and God still uses him. But what's even amazing is that he's still available, right? He's still saying, God, I'm available to use me. You know, he, when he found out that the man was sick, he didn't necessarily say, hey, I would like to pray for him. He could have said, no, I'm done. I'm done with this thing called Christianity. I'm done, you know, being beaten up. I'm done with my life falling apart. I'm done being shipwrecked and being bitten by snakes. I'm done, right? And by the way, I want you to know, just to be completely honest with you, there are times in my life that I have said that to myself. I'm done. Or I'm this close to being done. I'm this close to saying to this thing called Christianity, I want out. Because it is getting hairy right now. It is getting crazy right now. And God, why don't you come in and why don't you save me? But then something like this happens where all of a sudden I'm in a situation and God uses me. So many of you guys know, I, I've, I've kind of shared this, but for those of you who don't know me, when I was seven years old, you know, my, my parents divorced. So I, I grew up, and I grew up in that, you know, where I was at my dad's, and then I was at my mom's, and, you know, that whole thing. And, and to be honest with you, uh, you know, the minute my parents separated is the moment that my life turned upside down. And to be honest with you, it was never the same. And as a kid, that's a lot to go through. You know, there's security, you know, right? There's a security that you feel, and then all of a sudden the security was basically sucked out of the room. Like, the security was gone. And a lot of fear and a lot of, you know, all these things that, by the way, I'm still dealing with today, right? And so here I am, you know, I, I'm, I finally kind of fast forward a little bit. I'm, I'm 18 years old, and I, uh, I'm, I'm involved in church and this guy who was the children's pastor at the time, you know, comes to me and says, hey, would you like to be uh, in, involved in our children's ministry? And I, and I, I was honest with him. I go, I, I don't do babysitting. I'm just going to let you know I don't do babysitting. And the guy goes, no, 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 it's not babysitting. It really isn't. I promise. You know, I, I really want you to minister and I really want you to like to be there for the, you know, the, the boys and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, all right, I'll come check it out. So I went to it. It was a Wednesday night uh, program that they were doing. Uh, for children's ministry, and he basically, you know, put me kind of with a group of, of boys and kind of traveled around and did a bunch of things, and basically I was just kind of hanging out. I didn't know what I was doing, and to be honest with you, I, I really couldn't wait to get out of there. So at the end, he kind of does this closing thing, and, and, he, and he breaks us all up, and he says, hey, Matthew, why don't you go ahead and take the, your group of boys over to that corner, and why don't you guys do a little prayer group? So we get into this prayer group, and we're going around the circle. And so, of course, if you guys have ever, ever asked uh, little kids to pray, it's, it's, it's kind of funny and sweet and cute and all that stuff. But usually you get a lot of pray for my animal type of stuff. And I did get a lot of that. Will you pray for my dog? Will you pray for my cat? Will you pray for, you know, my friend? He's picking on me, you know, that kind of stuff. So, but we finally get around, and, and almost towards the, the end, one of the last boys, I said, hey, how can we pray for you? And he looks right at me, and he says, he says, will you pray for me? He says, my parents are getting a divorce. And can I tell you, in that moment, in that moment, I knew that what I had gone through finally had purpose. I knew that something tragic that had happened to me, that God in that moment was able to use for his good and for his glory. And you know what? I was able to minister to that boy. I had never, ever done anything like this in my life. I had never, ever poured out my heart. I looked right at him and I said, my parents divorced, divorced too. And he looked at me and said, really? And I said, yeah, can I pray for you? And that was the most heartfelt prayer I had ever prayed in my life up to that point. 
And I realized this light bulb went on and I go, okay, God, you can take something that was so awful to me and so tragic and so dark. And to be honest with you, up until that point, it was not something I really ever wanted to talk about. And yet God was able to use it. And in this moment, in this one moment, I was able to sit and have a conversation with a young boy who was going through what I had gone through, you know, all those years ago. And, and what some of you know about me, and, and maybe the rest of you aren't, you know, aren't aware, was that was the moment that I knew that God had a calling on my life, and that he wanted to use all my experiences, and that was when I could completely thrust myself into ministry. I had actually, uh, from that point, from saying that I didn't want to have anything to do with kids, I actually became a children's pastor just years later, and I actually even went off from that church to help another church start, and that led into just, you know, ministry, and then I became a youth pastor, and then, you know, eventually fast forward, and here I am standing in front of you. But I stand in front of you not as someone who has done it perfectly and not as someone who's had a perfect life. If anything, I've had a pretty tragic life at times. In fact, if anything, I've I've felt like Paul, like, man, when is it going to end? When is just this onslaught of awful things going to finally end? And this scripture, Romans 8, 28, as easily as it can be used as a Christian blow-off, also kind of penetrated my heart. And, and, you know, and just to re- say it again, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to this pur- his purpose, and that is every single one of you. Every single one of you here has been called according to his purpose. And God wants to take the things and tragedies in your life, the brokenness in your life, the, the, you know, maybe the disappointments in your life, and he wants to use it for his good. You see, God doesn't take us around the problems. God doesn't take us over the problems. He doesn't even take us out of the problems. You know what he does? He grabs your hand, and he says, let's walk through together. You're going to walk through it, but you're not going to walk through it alone. And then he goes even further, and he creates his church. And this is what the church was supposed to be. The church was supposed to be the physical representation of God's love here on earth. We are supposed to be it. When people come, when I was sharing before during worship time, when people come, people are supposed to see Jesus in us. But too often, right, we're so focused and we're, you know, we're so worried about what's going on in our own life that sometimes we're not allowing God to be able to use our circumstances. And by the way, I'm not saying that to everyone. I know some of you may be in a place and you're like, I don't have it in me right now. And I would say that's okay. But there are others in this room that you're ready. You're ready to step out and help people and kind of bring people in. And by the way, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. God never asked us to be perfect. So I'm going to close with this question. Here's three questions to ask that we should be asking ourselves. Three questions that we can be asking ourselves. The first question is this. Do you believe God works everything for good? Do you really believe that? It's easy to say, right? It's easy to say, God, you're good. Oh, I read a scripture and it says the Lord is good. Oh, yeah, God, you're so good. But when... It really comes down to it when you're walking through life and, and when circumstances seem dark and, and when we're walking through the storms, I'm going to be honest with you, there's times I'm not sure. There's times that my mind says, I don't know if God is good because i got to be honest, everything always kind of turns to poop in my life. So God, how is it that if everything turns to, you know, all that, that how are you good? But yet it says that God is good. In fact, it says in Romans 
uh, you know, 12, 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So listen, it's a mindset. Let me explain. Everything that you have gone through, everything that you experienced, even our culture, has created a mindset or a belief system in your life. But Jesus comes in and Jesus says, listen, I am trying to change your mindset. I am trying to change your belief system. Because what you are doing is you are believing in what you can see. I am asking you to believe in the things that you cannot see. That's what faith is, where faith comes from. We need you guys to change our mindset. We need to start, instead of saying, why God? Why is this happening to me? We need to start saying, God, I know that even though I'm walking through something that is completely difficult right now, I know, one, that you can get me through this. I know, two, you've created your church to help me get through this. And three, I know that you have a plan for my life, that you can use this for your good. So the second question is, do you think God can use your storm and trials for his glory? Do you really think that God can, 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 God, can you use me? Can you use my story? Can you use my brokenness? Can you use my experiences for your glory? The answer is yes, but you need to believe that. I can believe it for you, but that's no good. You have to believe it for yourself, that God can use you. That God can use, you know, the things that you have been through. That God can turn around and use what was a very dark time in your life, but he can actually use it for his good, just like he has used me. And the third question, who around me can benefit from my testimony? Who around me can benefit from my testimony? Revelations 12, 11 says, and they overcame him, which was the enemy, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. By the blood of the Lamb. Listen, there is something powerful about your testimony. Now, I'm not saying that you're in a place right now that you're ready to give your testimony, but I am telling you that when the time is right and when God brings that opportunity, that there is something powerful about your testimony. All right? Go back to my story. It happened, and by, by the way, looking back, it was completely God. But how was it that it happened to be me who was right there for that boy, that we have the same exact story. How is it? That's God. That God was able to use my testimony to bring healing to somebody else's life. And that's what God ultimately wants to do with you. He wants to use you. He wants to use what you've been through. He wants to use your story. He wants to use all those things, and he wants to use it for good. Chris, will you come back up here? And, and as we kind of close out our, our service today, I just, I just, I want you to hear my heart in this. And I hope you always understand that anytime I may push a little, I'm only trying to do it for your benefit. I never, ever want to hurt anybody. I never want to push anybody into anything that they're not ready for. But I hope... Today, I've just kind of laid it out for you. But see, the world and the enemy wants to isolate you. The world and the enemy wants to take you and make you feel like you're the only one going through this. But I'm going to tell you right now that even in this room, 
I bet you if we all started sharing the real us with each other, that somebody in here would go, yeah, I, I think those same thoughts. Yeah, I've been through that too. Yeah, I've experienced that kind of pain too. Yeah, yeah, I, I bet you if we would actually start being real with each other, we would actually find we have more in common with each other than sometimes what we do in church, right? And I, I'm, by the way, I'm, I do this sometimes too, and I, I don't really don't mean to, but sometimes I put on a, a face. I put on the, the smile, right? Because I, I, I want you to think, you know, oh, wow, he's, Matt, Matt's a real happy guy. You know, would you come to a church if every week I came up here and I just, oh, my God, my life is so terrible, right? But on the flip side to that, I really do want to be real. I do really want to be open and let you know, you know what, you guys, this week's been rough for me. But God has still used me. God has still encouraged me. God has still spoken to me, and he hasn't abandoned me. And that's what he's saying to you. He still loves you, he still cares for you, and he's not abandoning you. He's not abandoning you. I know it's probably a really, really hard thing to hear right now for maybe somebody to say that, you know what, what that pain that you're going through right now, God can actually turn that. But see, that's the truth, though, of his word. That's still the truth. It may be hard to hear. Your mind may be racing. Your heart may be pounding. But I still always want to stand up here and speak the truth. And the truth is, is that God can take whatever it is that you've gone through, whatever it is that you're going through, or whatever it is that has happened to you in the past, and he can turn it. And he can use it for his good, for your good, for your benefit, to build the kingdom, his kingdom. So I'm coming full circle here. So why do we do this thing called church? You know why? Because we're all messed up. Because we're all hurting inside. We're all broken. Me too, you guys. I'm not perfect. I'm far from it. But you know what? I don't want to do this alone. I want to do it with you guys. I want to do this thing called church with you. I want to do this thing called seeking the Lord together. But I believe that we need to start being honest with ourselves and with each other. And know that when you come in here, you don't have to put on a smile if you don't feel like it. But know that we're going to want to walk this thing through with you. Know that whatever it is that you're going, we're going to want to take you hand in hand and say, hey, can we travel this road with you? Because to be honest with you, I need people who are willing to travel my journey with me and encourage me. I need it too. That's the kind of church I want to be. That's the kind of church I want us to be. I want you to know that every time you step into this place or wherever we gather together, that that's our goal. That that's our goal. That God eventually would take all of our junk and he would turn it and he would use it. I'm hoping for that. I'm hoping for that for me, that he would take my junk and he would use it for his glory and for his good. Will you guys stand?